All right, everybody. Welcome back to the CrossFit Rife podcast, where we discuss the pursuit of health and happiness via CrossFit and the affiliates every day. I am here with my good buddy. Um, I get a, That's how I announce everybody, which makes me seem like I have a lot of friends, <laughs> uh, which is, might not be the truth. Uh, but Adam Swanson, who is uh, – uh, how long have you been a member here? Ooh. At is least it, a year. At least a year. Yeah, it's yeah. coming up on two, I think. Okay. It might be. Yeah. I, it's probably, I bet it's right around 18 months. Yeah. I'll tell you what we'll do. We will look it up, and we will also look up your know. attendance as we go through here. Oh, this could be good. Uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, so I, I'm, I'm actually, we'll talk a little bit about your background, but you are what I would describe as probably somebody who's not uh, the typical crossfit prototype because of your background in endur- in the endurance world that's probably a fair Which, it's not bad or good it's no, just yeah. it's just uh it's just not the norm i would say like typically like people don't, there's not a ton that transition from that long slow endurance to um to crossfit i mean they, it, they do happen uh but yeah normally it's uh it's guys like me that got bored that get bored <laughs> <laughs> which which is understandable i mean the yeah i mean running gets old yeah yeah and that's uh, you know i I mean to be perfectly honest that's what happened to me i mean you know it it got kind of bored and not to knock all of my running friends who i'm sure are going to listen to this and go why are you talking we're not bashing we're not bashing (laughs) running everybody so i can you should run yeah Um, you should um but it just got boring to get out and run 10, 15, sometimes 20 miles on a Sunday. I mean, like, there's and only so much you can think about. I do have a question. How, A, well, let's back up a little bit. Let's do a little intro. Like, uh, so a little bit about yourself. So wh- what is your background, like, athletically? Uh, so I w- was a swimmer in high school, and I wasn't very good. Um, Would you swim? I swam the 500 and the 100 fly. Fly for both? No, the 500 free. free. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the which probably set me up pretty well for like being becoming a runner. Um, how so? It's usually swimmers fi- suck. I, the 500 is like a like a like a long grind. And it's kind of boring because it's. Is that considered long in swimming? Yeah, it's. It's. I mean. I mean, that's like under under five minutes. Uh, Yeah, but I mean, when you're like, hundred, two hundred, you know, I don't know. It was the long event. Okay. That's what I remember about it. Because we had to have lap counters. Had the guys down there. Yeah, that's true too. Holding those the things, telling you how many more you had left. Um. Okay, so then, uh, when, so when did you transition from swimming to running? So I didn't swim after high school at all. Okay. Um, and I, after I got out of the Marine Corps, I went into the restaurant business. I'll be honest with you, I forgot you were in the Marine Corps. Oh, well, yeah. How long were you in the Marine Corps? Four years. Okay, so you just did one, one yeah. enlistment and yeah. then you're like, I'm out. Yep. Um, what did you do in the Marine Corps? Uh, aviation. So I was at aviation ordnance. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Bombs. Bombs. Big bullets. Big bullets. Large guns. So for anybody who doesn't know, so I know what that means because I worked in the aviation community for a while, but for anybody who's like, what does an, avia- an aviation ordnance do? 
Or is it ordinance person? No. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Who okay. Knows? Yeah. So AO, it, well, that's what it would be in the, uh, in, the which w- in the Navy. It's an AO. Yeah. What was your MLS? 6511. 6511, okay. Yeah. And it's just it's bombs, missiles, and guns on aircraft. So my I was in the in the Hilo community. Okay. So, so you guys didn't have like a ton of, um, you didn't have like big bombs. No. No, you guys big probably rocket pods. Yeah, rocket pods and, and yeah, that kind occasionally of stuff. like yeah. maybe maybe some stingers. Maybe maybe yeah, like on Apache maybe. Yeah, not on oh, Apache on a Cobra. On sorry, Cobras, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And then um, and well, I was I like when I got orders to to Camp Pendleton where all the helos were. Yep. I was super disappointed because my favorite movie growing up was Top Gun. Did you see they're coming out with a oh, two? Oh, I'm so excited. Have you seen the have you seen the uh the previews? Yeah, oh yeah. They're it's listen, I think Tom Cruise is kind of a weirdo with all his Scientology stuff, but the previews look pretty legit. Well, not just that, but the fact that Tom Cruise doesn't age at all. Like he looks pretty much the same as he did in the original movie. That's very true. So it's, it's Scientology. Y- I mean, I, he's made a deal with the devil somewhere yeah. along the line. <laughs> I mean, have you seen that that doc- a Netflix documentary, Going Clear about oh, Scientology? Yeah, Dude, super, that is some weird shit. <laughs> that is weird. Oh, if you haven't seen that, you if if you guys are listening, you should you should watch it. It's oh, it's worth. It's mildly disturbing. Yes. Um, which which begs a different question: is just like. That's an extreme version of religion, but sometimes I'm like, I mean, this is kind of like all religion. It's all kind of like a, this. If you, if you, listen, I'm not hating on religion. I was born and raised Catholic, but if you're gonna look at objectively, like if you were an alien who came to Earth and right. you like analyze the human race, and you're like, what are all these imaginary stories that these people are talking yeah. about? Like <laughs> these gods in air quotes. Uh, but anyway. Well, what's it just I I always I like those kind of like mental exercises. I'm like, is I mean, like it's kind of weird, I guess. Yeah, like, what blows me away about that kind of stuff is like, how do people think that that's a thing? With the little rods, yeah. st- oh, dude. We're talking about Scientology, but like, oh, dude, I, that whole thing. And then when she talks about <laughs> when she kind of got to the highest level or whatever, and they pull out like the book or whatever it is, and it's just like clearly he was mental oh yeah i mean yeah oh, like no just question. the weirdest of weird yeah and what's funny is that there's documentation of him basically saying that he was just like you know what i'm just gonna make a religion <laughs> right and then here we are yeah scientology is exactly. a with this weird billion dollar entity um but yeah it's and it's disturbing on how they go after people uh and now i literally don't know how we got on that topic. Top Gun, Tom Cruise. Right, Scientology. Yeah, got it. Okay, go. so that's another that interesting <laughs> That's <laughs> another interesting little exercise is like yeah. when you do these tangents, try to trace back how you got there because the leaps sometimes are fairly large. Yes. Um so you went to the Marine Corps and then you wanted to you wanted to be involved with it basically with jets. With fighter jets. Fighter jets. Oh yeah. Because as a kid, like that was cool. Like that was a cool thing, and my dad spent a bunch of time in the Navy. What did your dad do? He was a public, like public relations, like a uh, like a PAO. Yep, yep. Um, he worked with the CBs a lot, so public affairs officer. Yeah, um, and we so were. It can um, be a pretty cake job. Like, there's some pretty sweet. Um, 
duty stations for PAOs. We I gr- I did spend some time in Iceland growing up. Really? Yeah. Which was how is Iceland? It seems um, it seems great in the CrossFit documentaries. I don't know if that's accurate or not. Yeah. Well, I, you know, one of the things on my bucket list that I have not done is go back there. Um, when was when was the last time you were in Iceland? Oh, it had to have been before first grade. Like just like. Oh, so not at all. Not at okay, all. Got, like okay. it's been. I Do you like remember I still. Re- oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I definitely still remember it. Um, I, I don't remember in first grade. Yeah. No, I remember first grade. Yeah. I remember my teacher's name. I remember she was really short. That's it, though. <laughs> um, okay. I remember my kindergarten teacher. She was a bitch. Oh, really? I was also probably a pretty bad kid. Uh, so uh. maybe it wasn't her. Maybe it was me. Miss uh, Parcel. But yeah, I don't. I don't think I went to recess once in kindergarten. I'm pretty sure I was in timeout for. She a full probably year. remembers you. From pr- for like a full year, I was in timeout. I wasn't yeah. big on nap time. <laughs> um, um, okay, so then. So you move. So he was in the navy. Did he retire out of the navy? Uh, n- no. Close though. Okay. Yep. And then, so you and so you're at Pendleton the whole. You're all all four. I years. did. Yep. Okay. And then, so is that? So clearly, you were into fitness, and then in the Marine Corps. Well, it's not that correlation's not necessarily. Well, but I mean, true. from from you're not not into fitness, well, right? True, so you right. swam, and then you joined the Marine Corps, where like fitness is mandatory right you know so it's you're not devoid of fitness true um but what do your fitness look like in the marine corps uh uh, just the bare minimum really it wasn't anything like i i spent a lot i mean i was in southern california so i spent a lot of time surfing which probably was the translation from swimming i you know I'm, i'm good in the water um so i spent a lot of time surfing so i i wasn't not fit but I was really specialized in, you know, a couple of things. Yeah, I mean, like, we don't have to go down the rabbit hole of, like, what is the definition of fitness? Sure, but, right. you know, like I, I, like, I look at it from a broad, from a broader view of are you active or not? Sure, right. I'm, I'm not judging people on their fitness unless they tell me they want to be really, really fit. At right. which point I say, like, well, then you have to stop running. But, <laughs> um, okay. And then, so what year did you get out of the Marine Corps? 2003 yeah okay so you got out as as i was like right as i was getting commissioned in the navy okay all right and then so what did you do post marine corps yeah so uh i went into my dad was living in denver at the time and um so i called him up and moved up there and um spent some time in the restaurant business for a little while what kind of cuisine I worked at my first restaurant job was at an Outback Steakhouse. Um, okay, so I have so many questions <laughs> at this point. <laughs> what is a bloomin' onion actually an onion? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. And then is there something that we should all know about Outback? You know what? Surprisingly, if it, yes. And you, this answer will surprise you. Okay. If you're going to eat at a chain restaurant, that's probably the one to go to. Um, because legit can you say that fairly having not been in other chain restaurants yes okay um because they do a lot like from scratch they like care about their food they give a shit about it like so it's not like the movie waiting no (laughs) definitely not definitely not (laughs) which if you haven't seen that movie you should see that movie too. (laughs) one of ryan reynolds best best work uh (laughs) some of his best work um 
What did you were you, were you a cook? What did you do in the restaurant business? Well, so it was really funny because the first I wanted to be a bartender. Um, Way more glamorous than that seems. Oh, bartending, right? Yeah, it is not uh, like Cocktail, the movie. Another great Tom Cruise. I was going to say we have talked about <laughs> yes. we have covered many good movies, and we are only twelve minutes into this podcast. This is going to be a good episode. Yeah, oh um, yeah, for sure. So, did you bartend, or did that stop at like Buzz Boy? Um, you know what? No, I because you know what I did the like the quintessential. You're fresh out of the military, like show up for a bartending job in a like a like dressed really nicely with my <laughs> resume, and the other guys got like, you know. <laughs> it's like a rookie. Yeah, right? Like still wearing his dirty white t-shirt from the night before. And uh you know, I guess start like the guy, they were just building this outback out at the airport at, at Denver, like out towards the airport if you've ever been out mm-hmm. there. Um and the This the, isn't an airport. Not outback, is not it? it no. Okay. But it's like on the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, airport restaurants are just a whole different beast. Ugh. Whole different having thing. been in many many of them yes um, <laughs> okay so you're at outback and uh the guy said i'm looking for a front of house manager and he's like i'll train you and are you interested and i was like well that's a bit more than i was going for <laughs> and so sure enough um jumped into that and then kind of do you have any managerial experience other than being in the marine corps at this point no none none not that it's necessary, but just curious. No, but I'm, you know, like I do. Really I think the Marine Corps would prepare you for that. Like, yeah, for you know. sure. Like, yeah, because there's leadership yeah, and do what you're told. Mot- motivating people and organization. Yeah, the whole thing. Okay. And uh, I was probably way too rigid to come like straight out of the, because I didn't take any <laughs> shit. I was like, oh, you don't want to roll silverware? Get the fuck out. <laughs> like, <laughs> which I mean having spent a minimal amount of time in the restaurant industry, like that's kind of necessary. It, yeah. It doesn't I mean, always attract like the most uh, um, self-motivated yeah. individuals in the restaurant business. Yeah. Needless to say, I've my managerial team building style has evolved <laughs> over the well, last let's few hope. years. Yeah, let's hope. <laughs> so. so then how long, do you, how long did you, did you work anywhere else other than Outback? Um, yeah, I mean, about, uh, you know, restaurant businesses like that, like you just like by nature, it's transient by nature. Mm-hmm. So you like bounce around a little bit and then, um, and I moved around a bit, a bit because I was trying to figure out like where I wanted to settle and, um, where all have you lived? Oh, geez, Denver and Ohio and Southern California and where in Ohio, uh, Northeast. So Canton. Okay. Yep. And then, um, and then after I got divorced, I moved from Northeast Ohio. So I left, left Denver, left Colorado eventually, um, moved to Northeast Ohio. And then, uh, my ex-wife and I split and I packed up all my crap in my car and moved to the beach and, uh, was living down on the Outer Banks. And, um, I, when I moved down there, I drove uh, down to the Outer Banks with basically everything I owned in my car, not having a job, not having a place to live, and figured it all out when I got down there. I printed off 100 copies of my resume, and I drove down 
the side, one side of the road. <laughs> so great. And handed it out and drove back up the other side. And I told everybody I talked to, I said, if someone, it was, it, I got lucky because it was in May, right before the season really kicked off. And um, we, like, I told everyone, I said, if someone doesn't show up, call me and I'll be there. And uh, Yeah, you got nothing else to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, got a job at a restaurant down there just cooking for a little while and then um and then got a real job with um a realty company as a like there So what constitutes a real job? Yeah, in it's the quotes? it's the in, uh, yeah, it's that 9 to 5 like I have to put on a collared shirt and you know like go into I feel an like they <laughs> should just rename it shitty job. A shitty job. Yeah. Right? Like the yeah. Okay. How long were you in the Outer Banks? I was down there for f- three or four years. That's a long time to be in the such a like seasonal oh, it's a industry. It kills you because like there is only so much you can do, and there's only so many restaurants you can go out to eat at, and you cannot go anywhere without running into twelve people. You know, it's like high school. Oh. It's yeah, it's a small town. It's like, and my wife is from there. I'm like, it's like she grew up down there, so she, and she hates going back. Still? Oh yeah, because huh. it's the same. Like it's the same thing. You can't. Yeah. You can't go. You know. You still. There's people that don't leave those kind of places. For sure. And that's like. Ooh. <coughs> so, do you go from there to Virginia Beach? Yeah. So how I got into the current industry i'm in now is so talk about that first so what do what does adam swanson do adam swanson do um so i work for a company out of chicago that we help manage and produce endurance events all across the country and i run the office here in virginia beach and we do 80 events a year locally and then i travel probably another 20 ish weekends a year yeah so i think you're underselling that right so i think only i know that because we're not you're not talking about it but so this is a large company yes okay so but so you used to work for which is also a large company just not to this scale but so you used to work for jna i did yeah and then you worked for them for how long uh a little over four years Okay, so J- so for anybody, I'm sure you've heard of JNA Racing, but so like, so they they own a number of races here. Seven. Yeah. So which are the Shamrock Marathon which in is a March, big one. which is a big one. It gets about twenty five thousand in Virginia Beach. That's a lot. It's a great, like, really really cool event. Um, then there's they do an event out at Old Dominion in April called the Big Blue Five K. Um, they do a really cool corporate wellness event in May at Harbor Park in Norfolk. What's that one called? It's, uh, it's just the corporate 5K. Okay. It's a like a it's a it's really a health and wellness initiative for companies. Got it. Okay. Um, and then the Wicked 10K, in, which is probably one of my favorite events. Like I travel a lot for to see like running events and that that one's probably my favorite because people are going just to have a good time and they're dressed up and they like the creativity that comes out is really fun um plus the after party on the beach doesn't hurt but 
you know. Um, and then they do a uh, half marathon weekend in both Hampton and in Norfolk. And then uh, the Surf and Santa race. Okay. It's on the beach in December. So. All right. And then, so, and then you transition to this. Co- so what's the name of the company you work for in now? InMotive. InMotive. Yep. And they primarily do timing, correct? Or am I wrong? Oh, no. We do we do everything. So we own our own registration platform. Um, we're technology companies. And we, you know, so we own our own registration platform, which can do, like, all kinds of stuff fundraising registration mm-hmm. like all of that and we do event timing and we do a lot of event like race day logistics if you're a non-profit like that has a million dollar idea and you want to put on a running event i'm the guy you call hmm. are you a planning guy um, i ask that because i'm painfully and intimately aware of what it entails to put on events more specifically events and running events yeah um i yes i am a planning guy that's not my strong suit um i'm a like i'm the big picture guy like i you know like here's the idea here's what you gotta do and i when we when I transferred to this new company, I w- made a really smart decision and hired a really like a detail guy, like that could come in and handle all the details. Um, and and it's been like that's like smart though. Hire for your weaknesses. Uh, yeah, and that's what I th- like. It's good to have the ability to do that under with uh, with under the scope of a larger umbrella too. Yeah, where I uh, it was. I'm the. I just took a personality test this morning, so it's kind of funny that we were talking about. What this. are you? Like, or which one did you take? Let me go back. Um. Well, I was looking for a new, like a new planner, like a like something to keep myself on track with stuff. And so I found this thing. It was like I'm the oracle. I'm the like your vision guy. I'm the vision guy. That's it. Yeah. So. Do you remember what the uh, personality test was? No. I did it give you like an EB or like an ENTS? No, I've, I have taken that one. I'm an INTJ. You're an introvert? Mm-hmm. Very much so. I wouldn't have pegged you for that, to yeah, be honest with you. Most people don't. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I forgot what I'm in. I'm definitely an extrovert, but ENTF maybe? I can't remember. Um. Those anyway, it's an interesting exercise. Those things are fascinating. They're super fascinating. Yeah. So, so they will they will change generally like throughout your life like you will th- it won't be the same all the time. Right. Like it you'll change like a letter here and there depending on what you got going on. Mine mine has changed twice. Um which isn't weird. I mean that's I think it's pretty standard, but I bet that's interesting to track though. Like you have to go back and the change yeah. of the personality test based on the other factors that were going on in your life at the time. I would I would say that they would largely be based on, you know, somebody's their evolution as far as like their development in the EQ realm. Like I think for the most part your traits are your traits, but if you can de- if you can develop emotional intelligence over time. Yep. Which is, you know, if you're paying attention at all, like you're going to Sure. start to pick up on that stuff but like some people are better at it than others oh yeah some people can read a room better some people can instantly pick up on 
nonverbal cues, stuff like that. Um, I think I do that pretty well, uh, but I but I don't think that's an innate skill. Uh, to some extent, it is an innate skill. But I think if you if your job is interacting with people on a regular basis, right. like I do in here, sure. Like you, if you're not developing that skill, you're just not paying attention, right? You know, like um, so. I th- I, yeah, I do think those tests are fascinating, particularly if you go one circle out and then see who the people that you interact with and what they are and then see if you can pick up on any patterns. Yeah. Um, Hmm. So like Jess and I are complete opposites, like in virtually every way, shape or form. That's a good thing though. Sometimes, sometimes not like there, it does, it does create a rift. Uh, Oh, not like, uh, not like bad, but it, it creates communication problems because we do things differently. Yeah. And we view things differently. Um, and had somebody recently just told me that they, they thought we were a very odd couple <laughs> and I was like why like I don't like um and it's probably and it was largely because uh she was saying she's like yeah you guys are just okay kind of being apart and I was like I guess that is kind of weird it's funny like my wife and I are the same way like she and I are very we're the same but we kind of our lives just kind of run parallel and they just come together at different points which yeah is actually really good because she's very much an introvert and needs her space and I'm very much an introvert and need our space but like it's nice to have that person mm-hmm. so that when you come together like oh okay this does work but I, I feel you like I don't process things anywhere near the same way that she does so no, no. it's, it's no, very no, much it's like yeah that's definitely an evolving um an evolving relationship at all times and it's uh but I think if you're going to get good at it, you have to recognize it and you have to like, oh, yes. like you can't just, you know, this isn't the fifties where you can be like, well, I'm just the way that I am. <laughs> and like, she's just going to have to deal with it. Yeah, like, that, eh, that doesn't I work anymore. Know that's, uh, I'm like, it's 2020, bro. Um, but yeah, it's definitely interesting. Um, but then. It also highlights weaknesses too, you know, oh, like sure. where like things that you're just like really bad at. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, like for instance, I've found over the years that I also probably fall a little bit in the visionary category. But what I've uh, am not, and I've written about this a little bit, but what I'm not or have not been so great at, and I still to some degree really suffer in this realm is communicating that that vision like clearly. Yeah. So m- my problem has never been like leadership is just like like lead by example yeah. I'm like okay cool i can do that and most of the and for the most part like i've never had a problem like getting along with people and like getting people to be on board but that has a shelf life sure where people are like all right i kind of need to know what the hell's going on here right. <laughs> right. and the military is not good for teaching that skill so no. um but anyway um so you transition from jna to the to end motive and then uh so primarily what do you do for end motive yeah, so I do a lot of like I I spend a lot of time on the phone. Um <laughs> just a lot of client relationships, like developing relationships. I tell people all the time that like we're not in the like I'm not in the service business. I'm in the like relationship business. Like I I feel very strongly that like people will do business with you if they like you as a person. Um 
And I'm you, far more inclined to do business with somebody I like, even if they are sometimes not even really good at what they do. Or or the cheapest, right? Like, you know, if you can you can be really good at what you do, um, and someone can really like you as a person, and you know you can maintain good relationship with them, but like, at some point you've got to back it up. Right. So like I've, yeah. I've always strived to be the, I want to be the best always in my field. Um, or in, in the calorie challenge or in the calorie challenge. Which, yeah. I don't want to talk about that right now, but um, the Brian's just walking around gloating. Right oh, now. he totally <laughs> is. Um, that's a conversation though. Like let's table that. Cause no, that's no, we interesting. Will. Um, we'll get there, but it's, the, it's a process, Adam. It's a process. It we'll is get a there. pro you're right. We'll you're get right. there. Um, but I want to be like, I want to set the standard mm -hmm. for our, like, like, and I, you know, and so I hold like my team and the people that work for me, like to a really high standard. Like when people say, who do we want to produce our event? Like there is no other choice. Like in, from a business standpoint, you can, maybe you can get away with charging a little bit more. You, you don't have to be the cheapest guy. Um, I don't think you should be. I mean, that's a whole separate conversation. I think if you have the ability to make something financially viable for the masses, like Amazon would be a perfect example, where like the, the business has infrastructure and revenue such that they can they can drive price down sure. because that that's what they're built on. Like they're they if they if you sell convenience at large, well then I can I can do things that would bring overall price down, but but for small businesses, it's not typically working that way. Where I have to, I, if I'm gonna be good, then what most people are gonna tell you is then you need to charge what you're worth, and if that happens to be higher, then so be it. Just be worth it. Yeah, and I and I always thought that like the minute you start offering discounts and you know like you you start chasing the bottom it's a race in to the bottom and you're what you're saying so you know consciously or not is that i don't value what i like the product that i'm putting out <coughs> enough to charge what it's worth now i will tell you there are some there are some I think a lot of people these days think like owning a business is, is this really sexy thing, uh. which don't get me wrong. Like I, I do love it, but I will tell you from a small age, that's all I ever wanted to do. Right. So it's kind of, that's in my nature. I've kind of always wanted to march to the beat of my own drum. I, to some degree have an issue with authority. Um, but it is, it is not for the faint of heart and it comes with a whole lot of, you know, introspection and a lot of humbling moments and you really really have to identify like hey if i'm like things that you're like mental blocks and and price point can be one of them sure. where it's just like well uh, people aren't going to pay that much and you know and years ago i had somebody sit me down as like that you're projecting your own feelings of money onto other people right um and you can't do that like no. so people you know, the, the reality is, like, really objectively, something is worth what people will pay for it. Correct. Right? So, you know, not to say that we're going to be charging 500 bucks for a membership, but if if we continue to get better, 
the reality is like the demand will grow and the price will probably go up to some degree. Sure. I'm going to do my best to make it feasible. But at the end of the day, like you have to run a profitable business, like right. to be able to pay yourself and pay staff and provide for other people. And, um, and that's the way every business should be. Sure. You know, so, but I, and it's not just, I mean, you know, we kind of got off on price, but like, to me, it's just delivering the highest level of service, no matter what. Like, and people will pay for that. Is is kind of like we're circling. Yeah, back to it we now. are circling back. But it, like to me, that's e- that's an even more like find a way to say yes. Mm-hmm. Is my whole like thing is you know oh you couldn't get volunteers yeah you know what I'm not supposed to cover it but we will mm-hmm. oh your DJ didn't show up I've got a sound system normally I charge you for it but yeah you know what I'll no worries you know and just leaning into like doing what it takes because there's a reason people want to you know I, I I just there's something about just and we've all had those like amazing service moments mm-hmm. w- dealing with other companies like but that's I that's the stand I want to be I've always wanted to be the standard and then also be like the subject matter expert like I want to be the guy that people call when they have questions for I that. can dig like, that yeah what <coughs> excuse me <coughs> what is the best customer experience you've ever had like with either uh any entity like it doesn't matter what it is restaurant uh hotel car like whatever oof it's a tough one. Um, I, I nothing nothing really like comes to like comes to mind and okay. stands out. But I think you just know it. It's something you know. Y- like there's a genuineness that comes across when you deal with somebody that's customer service minded. Like they're not in it for anything other than they just want you to have a good experience. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It probably was like Disney. When I went to Disney this year, like we went to Disney in May and, um, and that was the first time I'd ever been. And it, it blew me away from probably a, like a service standpoint and a holy crap. These people have their stuff together. Like my wife has the smallest bladder out of anyone that I've <laughs> ever met in my entire life. I bet she's <laughs> super pumped that that was the first descriptor that you gave I've her on the internet. I, uh, you know what? And But she she will, like, when we were done, we spent five days in, in Disney parks earlier this year. And anytime she said, I need to, go, I got to pee. Where's the bathroom? Like, you never had to ask someone. There was one right there. I never saw someone taking the trash out. Like, I never saw, you know how you go to, like, if you go to Bush Gardens, you can see behind the curtain a little bit. Mm-hmm. You never, ever saw that. So it's interesting. You just brought up a couple different things that I knew, but not because I've been there. So there's a really interesting book called The Wonderful World of Customer Service at Walt Disney. And they talk, this guy talks at length about all of that and how it all works. So, oh. yeah, like one of their company I don't want to say their mottos, but one of their company mantras is everyone takes out the trash. And that mantra is actually not about the trash. Right. It's about everybody chips in. Mm-hmm. Um, because interestingly, you say you never saw anybody take out the trash is because the way it's designed, 
they don't take out the trash. So there's these belts underneath all of the trash cans yep. that just run and collect the trash when you so like that trash can's never going to fill up. Right. Um, I know they've also also have them measured out because they figured out like what's the it's 28 what, steps yeah so what's the number of steps between yep. trash can to trash can and then uh, as far as like having their customer service and everything together it's interesting because they uh like so everybody there has the ability to solve your problem mm -hmm. so they've basically given the authority to everybody to help you with whatever that is that you need right um and they also have something where they have like um like what they consider backstage. So like every like if they're not backstage, they're in character. Right. Yeah. Like all the time. Yeah. And they have to be do you guys need to go in the gym? Okay, cool. Just walk right out that door and they'll help you out there. Sorry about that. Um so they uh it's called backstage, right? So like if they're not allowed to be out of character unless they're backstage. Oh right. So like right. even if they're not like on Yep they they're in character like all the time and so they're basically like kind of like never like never off like uh, uh from a standpoint of of like on the clock or off the yeah. clock it's like you're always on um which is super interesting but they t i mean he goes in in length about like the meticulousness of like how it's laid out to basically maximize people's experience so that everything about it is pleasant it's based on how the park is designed and different routes so that people don't have to walk any farther than they absolutely have to. Yep. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a very, very interesting book. Yeah, um, and, and it was fascinating because, like, coming from an event background and knowing, like, the logistics it takes to produce something large, it was, it was just fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's oh, – I'm such a nerd about that kind of stuff because 95% of people – wouldn't have paid any attention to it but it they might not know why but they they they, they know it's happening it. sure yeah yeah. yeah yeah um but it was i mean to me it was just absolutely fascinating to be there and to observe like everything and notice those little things like there's always a trash can there's always a bathroom if if it says it's going to be 30 minutes in line it's 25 right like i mean there's never and they they had they that talk about that too about the crap the pass lines out. or whatever about how they how to they talked about how they um where they where they initially made the the fast pass uh to go like where you basically oh, get yeah, front yeah, of line yeah. privilege yep, or whatever yep. they initially set it up to where those ba those lines were right next to each other oh. and you just go to the front but what they found out is it created like customer animosity so that sure. was ruining other people's experience because they're like well these people get to go before us right. so they figured out they had to literally separate those so that that is not visible to yeah. somebody else yeah. otherwise they get grumpy about it it's even though those people paid more money sure. for it right? right they're just like it it doesn't matter yeah. like the, we, that that person is affected by it, so we have to change the structure yeah. of it so i mean they have put in a, a level of meticulousness that is not even fathomable to to a normal person yeah like everything yeah. like literally every single possible detail and i think that's something that you you either are fanatical about the details or you're not like i used to get i used to go crazy with my staff about like when i worked in the restaurant business about changing light bulbs like drives me insane because if you can't take the time to do that what else what other corners are you cutting like it drives me insane when we have yeah. lights out and we have one over in the weight room that's all right now and it drives me 
bonkers because it's actually not a light bulb. It's a ballast issue, uh, and I don't know how to change a ballast. Uh, and I'm just like, oh. And we're getting ready to switch all those lights out anyway, so right. I'm actually not fixing it. I'm just like, I'm going to wait until we swap them all out. Yeah. But, yes, that drives me. Yeah. Like, when I walk into a gym and there's lights out, I'm like, get a ladder, yeah. bro, and just, change just the change damn it. light bulb. Yeah. Um, now, that's not to say our gym is perfect. Like, there's other things that, like, we definitely need to fix. But um, I try to look at our business through that lens. But uh, to some extent, I have to back off of it because I would go crazy. Oh, for sure. Um, and as a and as someone who is the visionary, right? Like You get sucked in. You Oh, you totally get sucked in. Like, you, you have – you can't see the forest through the trees, you know, like – you get mired down in the details and you're not paying attention to the, yeah. the million other things. And that's, that's the constant, to me, that's the constant battle. There, I do believe that there is a, an appropriate fine balance of the two. Um, I have yes. yet to figure it out. Yeah. I just do know that there is a fine balance that, that, it, that looks like both where I am simultaneously the visionary, but I'm still on some sort of periodic, frequent basis in the weeds to make sure that a everybody that's involved knows that i'm still here both employees and members sure um and to continue to lead by example right but that's a very i mean that's razor's edge man like that you can you you probably spend more time falling off than you do actually on the edge yeah so there's times there's events i go to where i'm like i just want to pick up barricade like, I just want to do mindless work for, you know, like, like no one talk to me. I'm just going to, uh, you know, I'm just, and it's it, into me because I'm with you. Like, I think it's good to do that. Like, I think the people that work for you need to see that every once in a while. They need yeah, to you see have to. you doing right. that. Unless, like, you're, unless you're like a Jeff Bezos or something well, like that. Like right, then, yeah. you know, or, or a large scale company where like that is literally not your job and you would probably mess it up. Right then you need to stay the hell out. But yes. <laughs> that is not most of us. Most no. of us, like, you have to strike some sort of balance if you're in a leadership role. Yes. Um, so then, so let's switch gears here. So, like, you, so do you guys just do just running events? No. Um, so our parent company is, um, we own Rugged Maniac. Aren't they? Oh, I didn't like know that. We, yeah, we own all the rugged okay. races as well. So we're in the... We do running, we do triathlon, we do obstacle, we'll do, we'll do anything, really. I don't. Okay. I timed some events for you. That's how yep. we met. No, no, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, because you did several events for us. Um, so then, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to reverse engineer this timeline, but, so we'll call it 18 months. Probably, actually, probably a little bit more than that, because we talked a little bit before you came over, but, because you were, you were having some you had a kind of a training dilemma. I did. That's kind a of fair way to say it. Um, which we could just put in the bucket of like pacing. I have a pacing issue. I don't know how to work out because I'm not used to doing this stuff. Right. Um, and so, which is, so that kind of is that conversation about how does one make that transition from endurance into the the kind of like hit cross training crossfit world specifically crossfit because that's what we're talking about but because those in many in many ways don't blend well yep they can if you know what you're doing but for most people they don't yep that's true um 
I couldn't not I like I could not figure out how I rem <laughs> I remember within a few months of being here like one of the f first classes that um Cassidy coached he like looked at me and said if you don't slow down you're gonna die <laughs> like <laughs> like not literally like but standing over top of me like and and, and he was not wrong <laughs> yeah um that's that that's that that's that <laughs> subtle just whisper into the ear and be like you're making a bad decision yeah. right <laughs> this is a bad choice um and so it's been really fascinating to kind of take a step back of like and look at all of this because to me it's this constant like puzzle to crack like how fast do i go now because mm -hmm. i'll win the wor warm-up every time mm -hmm. um but <laughs> once the workout starts it could be a different story yep um and that's a hard like that's a hard thing to kind of figure out like that's i would tell you it is insanely difficult um for a couple reasons number one because there's such a broad spectrum of skills, drills, movements that we would do in CrossFit to get enough data points on any one particular one of them. And this is before we talk about volume, loading, combinations of movements. They will take you five to seven years, in my opinion, or my experience, before somebody has a very, very strong grasp of what pacing should look like yep. when they approach a workout okay. five to seven years to get enough. And this is somebody who trains very regularly. Sure. <clears throat> um, and the other thing that makes that just bef like absent of just the vast array of things is that's a moving target in the sense that the target changes as you get fitter or less fit. Sure. So then I have to take, I don't know, this huge bucket of variables, and then I have to apply context to it. Again, going back to this whole thing, like you really have to have put in your time to look at that and be like, that is not an appropriate weight. That rep scheme is going to kill me. That movement is going to die out right about here. Yep. Uh, all those things. And, uh, you know, I'm 12 years in, and I have like a pretty strong understanding of that for myself as well as other athletes. But I would tell you, I mean, it took me a minimum of seven before I could, like, look at something and dial it in yeah. pretty tight. One of the best pieces of advice I got when I started CrossFit was, like, don't pay attention to what any anyone else is doing. It's the wor It's the biggest. It's the biggest trap. Yep. And leave your ego at the door, right? Like, so that was the biggest thing is, and then what what you start to develop is that I think this self-reflection almost of like, and it's, uh, you know, we, we can talk at length about how CrossFit correlates to life, but I think what, you know, you have to start to get really comfortable of like being self-aware. And sometimes that's not very easy to do. <laughs> and maybe I'm not good at this. Like mm -hmm. maybe I need, maybe I need to, back the weight off and maybe i don't need to do as many reps like like that's not a like that's a thing that's a tough pill to swallow for a lot of people yep. and myself included like um particularly for somebody who wants to be the best like you've mentioned before correct where it's like listen that's just you can want that all you want right but it ain't happening <laughs> right. right like you know um so the what was the hardest part for you? Was it was it that? 
Um, like as far as like making that transition from endurance into CrossFit, because like I, I tell everybody, like you have to be okay with a fair amount of disappointment. Yeah, I think you know like you're not going to be good at a lot of things. Correct. Um, and I came out of a space that I was I, I wasn't great at it, but I was I mean I was decent at you know at running and mm-hmm. um you know and I can I can go for a really long time but that that was it was hard to yeah like i'm not gonna be the strongest fittest guy and 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 that's not the goal right like so then it's then it then you the whole focus shifts like that's not that's not what it is Mm -hmm. it's a low trajectory toward a very distant horizon like and so so everything changes when that when that shift starts to happen how long do you think it took before that shift happened? Um, maybe a year, eighteen I was, months. I was a gonna year say, yeah, I was gonna say. Typically, what I see is about eighteen months to two years yep. before somebody kind of swallows that pill, yep. and they and they kind of get it. For other people who are a little bit more hard headed, it'll take six years if you're Adrian Bauer. But yeah, you know, um, <laughs> but you get over this thing of like. Like, you know, maybe this is, there's something more to it, Mm -hmm. right? Like, this isn't about strongest, fittest, who can lift the most weight. It's it's just being healthy and being, like, like kicking ass into our 90s. Like, that's a thing. Like, and who would have thought that? Like, you know, you couldn't, like, five, ten years ago, like, I didn't. I had no machination that that was even possible, but now yeah. I'm like, well, I'm going to be more fit when I'm 45 than I was when I was 30. How old are you now? 38. Okay. So I'm a little bit older than you. The, um, I like to pitch it like this, which is, okay, forget how fit you are right now. Like, doesn't even matter. Whatever, whatever level of fitness you think you have currently. What if you could have something relatively close to that. So shift it up or down, however many notches you want, but something relatively close to that 15 to 20 years from now, right? So it doesn't even matter what age you are, just project it forward 15 to 20 years. So for me, 55. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I mean, yeah. If I had something even remotely close to what I currently right. possess, which I don't even think is that great. But at 55, I'd be jumping for joy. I'm like the oh, fittest yeah. 55-year-old around. You're going to have to go on a quest sure. to find another 55-year-old right. who's that fit. But that's what we're doing here, right? Like, No, no, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, And that's amazing in how... Like that really like when you take a step back at it and then you go, well, holy shit, like I am I'm going to be more fit now or in like you said, in 15 years. That's that's mind boggling. Like and how more people aren't jumping on that train. Well, so as we're talking about this, I'm kind of bouncing around in my brain. And so that is one of the more. It might be the most challenging thing about fitness in general, which is because for the most part, gen pop, the general population, does not look at 
fitness or health as a long-term gain. Correct. So it is a very short-term, I want results now, I want to lose this 30 pounds for the summer, look at I want to do this thing. Yeah, right? I mean, look at the world we live in. It's this, it's this like, give me... I, um, instant gratification, and that's not the. Thing. So that is it is it is a trap in so many ways, oh. right? So it's a trap, it's a trap for, for consumers. Sure. Uh, it is a trap for businesses, because realistically, if if our pitch, which is the actual pitch, mm-hmm. was hey, we're gonna make you significantly fitter than you are right now. I'm gonna make you. Be able to do things in your 50s, 60s, and 70s that you never thought you'd be able to do. And we're going to help you to probably avoid most chronic disease, if not all of it, um, as well as a host of other things. Um, but that's going to take about four years right? of you showing up consistently, day in and day out. You're probably going to get some bumps and bruises along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and... A decent amount of it will be frustrating. Yes. Nobody's buying right, that. Right. <laughs> like that's the shittiest sales pitch <laughs> yes. of all time. You know, nobody's buying that. No. Right. So, You're right. you know, it, it it's really tough because you f- like, from a business owner standpoint, you find yourself like constantly being enticed by short term behavior, particularly in, in fitness, because unfortunately, that's what a lot of people buy. Right. It's like short-term fixes, well, if you will. Well, because they're uh, they're abundant. Yeah, I mean they're you can. And admittedly, I've done it, but I've never, I've never done it, and I've only I've done it a handful of times because right. I was just I was just curious. But it doesn't work. Number no. one, you like you don't feel good about it, and typically people don't get what they were looking for anyway. Right. So it's like a, it's a triple fail. Right. You know. Um, so that's the tough part. Like that is the toughest thing sure. is like, is like trying to, trying to con- educate and and convince people on about this long term plan that mm-hmm. absolutely will work, even if done poorly, if stuck to consistently over a long enough period of time, um, to get them to focus there rather than immediate. They're like, well, I need to just I need just need to lose thirty pounds in the next three months. I'm like. Probably can't help you. Right. I mean, I could, but probably not. Yeah. You know, so that that's that's like, that can be like banging your head against the wall for sure. But that's not a like, those people that come in and say, I need to lose 30 pounds in the next three months. Like, they're not looking for what, they're just not, it's not a good fit. Like, and I've turned, I mean, I've turned business away. Like, because you don't want, you want people that are bought into this. Like. That's how you grow your business. Yes. Again, uh, to reference the trap, you know, like sometimes from a business standpoint, you're like, man, we just we just need to, whatever it is, like we need to sell more widgets or we need to do right. more things or, or you're just curious. You're like, could we do this in some way, shape or form? And then, and then slow, like, it's so I look at it, yeah, yeah, yeah right? So yeah, it's just like, hey, what's, like, how can we just bring them into the fold and then move right. them over right. to this mindset or this other program? Like, whatever it is, um, but you run that risk, right? Sure. So, like, it's it typically they don't, that that mindset doesn't fit. Right. So then that comes with a whole host of other problems, yeah. right? Which is, 
Which is tough because you want to help people. Sure. Like that's why you're doing it. Yeah. Um, so, but it, yeah, it's, it's, man, it's such a, it's tough, man. I don't really know how else to explain it, but it's tough. I think it's, I think it's a, it's a longevity play, right? Like, because. It's a 30 year play, not well, just longevity. <laughs> it's literally a generation. Right. Because who's going to be left when this is, a, like, when all of those do it now, instant gratification places are gone and have have run their course and people have figured out that that's not it and you and I at 55 are doing crap and people are looking at us going like how are you at 55 doing what you know I could never thought I could do then that's that's when people are looking at us going maybe I need to jump on that train maybe like, maybe not right because then people are so then what people the situation we're describing now is somebody's walked up to the edge they see what is required, right. and they're like, nope, I'm yeah. good, thanks. Yeah. Like, because what you would tell them is, like, I've been training consistently for the past 15 years. I don't eat like shit. I make sure I get good sleep. Right. And I try to reduce as much stress in my life as humanly possible. Yes. And they're like, that sounds like a lot of work. And right. I'm like, it is, but it's not nearly as much work as being sick. Sure. Right? So, that again, like, it's just, it's a, it's a never-ending battle, and it's one of those things where the reality is this is, you're only selling to people who are already sold. Yeah. Like yeah. that is a very unique. It's like it's like um You know, it's funny you say that because that's how like that's how I got into this like into CrossFit because when I came like when I moved when I took that job at JNA Racing and mm -hmm. I moved up here like I stopped running. And and I tried to get back into it and I just never was and I like and I was under a lot of stress and I was eating like crap and I like gained some weight and I'm like, man, I really need to do something. And and my wife started doing CrossFit and I'm Oh like, really? Yeah, yeah. She I did didn't know that. she did for a little while and then and I'm like, Well I can't let her win. Like <laughs> she's never she hasn't been here before no, she? Uh uh. She refuses No, to she she got um she got hurt. You know, she like she had a not at our gym. Not nope, not here. Um she got hurt and and has been a long recovery. She had a spinal fusion done, like and so she's C uh, Yeah, I don't I can't remember which one. It's it was a right at the base of the neck. So probably like either like T one or C five. Yeah, okay. something like and she um and anyway, I I remember having this conversation with like uh, another friend of ours who was really big into CrossFit that worked for a registration company that um, uh, that we used to do business with. And she's like, Adam, you'll love it. She's like, it's a constant thing. And I just, I had to make a decision of like, I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the guy that does this. Mm -hmm. Like, that's going to be the thing. And no matter what is going on in my life, I'm going to make time for her. Yep. I'm going to come in and do this. And if I can't make it at 6 p.m., I'm going to come in at noon. And if I can't come in at noon or 6, I'm going to come in at 3. And, like, that's going to be the thing. And Speaking of that, how many visits? Don't don't look up there. Okay. All how right, many? Right. What do you think your number is? I pulled it up already. Um, Just over 200? Mm, nope. Nope. What, 163? Yeah, which means, I mean, it might. 
That's so. Listen. That's that's <laughs> that means is I checked in to yeah, yeah. sixty-three. So this classes. is as accurate as the as your accuracy with checking in. Adam. Yeah. So okay. um, maybe check in everybody, and then you get to see this number. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, whatever that's a it good, is, that's a good lesson right um, there. To uh, yeah, please check in. Yeah. I've decided that we can, we like, and I learned this when we, and I think I talked about this in a previous episode where we I learned some things when I went to these gyms in Raleigh, which is. I, I do like it is what it is, right? I'm like, ah, we shouldn't have to incentivize that. I'm like, but you kind of should incentivize it. Like, sure. like the second somebody sees that number, that changes the whole game, right? Right, which is they're like 163, huh? They're like, it should be 250. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't check in. Uh, you know, I didn't check in 84 times. Right, and you're like, all right, um, but yeah. So we're actually putting something together. That's actually if this, oh, there's no yeah, video yeah. version of this, yeah. but we're like putting together like some some gift things on here, but. For those numbers, so currently we have two fifty, five hundred, seven fifty, and a thousand. Um, because there, I believe there's actually a lot of people between these two, between five hundred and seven, yeah. seven fifty. But, um, so yeah, um, but yeah, consistency matters. Sure. Like even even like a really awful training program done consistently will yield the results. Yes. Like that's just the truth. So, um. You say hi to all the Instagram people out there. Hello, yep, Instagram. How are you? Yep. So, one sixty-three, probably two fifty. But Adam refuses <laughs> to check in. So check in, everybody. Um. But yeah, the so the second question I have with regard to that is about how long did it take you to two-part question? Okay. To be ready to have the conversation about nutrition and then what was it that made you want to make that leap so that's the second hardest piece about this whole thing yeah right um, it's like okay first we got to get you to train consistently and show up here and realize that like it just takes work and right. secondly we can't have those conversations independently of each other yeah it was um I, you know <laughs> that's food has always been a struggle for me like always um I sorry mom net didn't grow up with a very good nutritional I mean most people don't yeah like uh thing and um I think probably like that was how that's how I managed stress for a long time was mm -hmm. like you know give me I want to eat um and I and I couldn't like in you know this past year was a really kind of a stressful year with a job transition and, yeah. and, you know, opening up, you know, our office here in Virginia and doing all that. And, um, and I was traveling a bunch more than I, than I had been. Um, and so like, and I'm such a routine guy that that threw me like just out, like just totally it's out tough. of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you're a creature of habit, that's like ugh, the worst thing the, ever. It's the death nail. If you, if you're not careful. Um, but we, like I, I, you know, probably late August, early September, I was like, I was over 240. Um, and I, like, I remember coming in here a couple times one week and like, couldn't hold myself up on the bar and box jumps were a pain. And wait a second, I couldn't. Like on the pull-up bar? Yeah. Like, like it was really hard. Like, um, like more than I should, like, mm -hmm. like. I'm like thinking to myself, like Adam, you're 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 pretty fit. Like 
you should be able to do this. Like, what's going on? Like, and then it took some introspection and was like, there like some self shaming going on there? Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, like, like, and then it's like, I saw some photos of myself and I'm like, oh, that's yeah. And then you just start to like, you become self aware and you're like, because you stop, you know, you you stop being in denial about mm-hmm. what's going on and you're like, okay, like I don't feel good, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, um. And it was a real, you know, and I, I, I denied it for, for a little while. And then finally I'm like, okay, this is going to take a commitment. Like mm-hmm. I need to, I need to make a lifestyle change here. And it was, and I liken it to just, it's the same lifestyle change I had to make when I started CrossFit. I was like, I got to be the guy that is going to like get on this plan mm-hmm. and I'm going to stick to it as best I can. And I'm not going to get down on myself when i don't do it like it's okay to you're gonna mess it up you're, yeah like, like there's literally no scenario where you get it right you have time. to accept that um you know and you have to understand that it's a like it's an evolving process mm-hmm. and it's just a, something that like also a moving target it 100 percent. um and it's okay to like and it took like it took me a while to really dial it in but then like I'm not doing anything revolutionary. <laughs> like So let's talk about that, right? So you've so you started working with Jess um probably like middle of September. Yeah. And then how, so how did that start? Like what was like what was the what was step 1? Um step 1 was I saw her in here and I was like, "Hey, can I just pick your like kind of talk to you about it?" And she was great. Like she put me on the embody, which was like eye opening. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, this reaffirms everything that I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, she, like, it was, it's kind of no nonsense, right? Like it's, eat, <laughs> it's, it's like, simple, don't, not easy. Don't, don't go to Chick-fil-A every day for lunch. Not don't, that we have a problem with Chick-fil-A. Not that we have a Barnes, problem with Chick-fil-A, love you. right? Chick-fil-A is the shit. Yeah. However. Um, or, and, but, you know, don't don't eat twelve cookies. You know, like <laughs> that's stop. a lot of cookies, bro. I, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Um, and that's you know, and just just kind of make simple things. I I loved like there was a, a Netflix documentary about, um, and I can't remember the guy's name. He wrote a book on it, but it like the nutritional advice was really simple. It's like you know, eat real food, don't eat too much of it, and eat mostly vegetables like that's the thing like it's so funny and so it's and it is not harder than that like no it's not right so the, it, it's interesting you say that because it, for anybody so obviously it's a crossfit podcast but so their they're coach glassman wrote world-class fitness in 100 words and it's very generic but if you just follow these two simple pieces of guidance which is eat meat vegetables nuts and seeds some fruit little starch no sugar yep. And then keep intake to levels that support exercise, not body fat. Yep. That's it. Yep. Right? Like you, like those are your two very broad po- guideposts. Yeah. Right? Like just stay within those two lines yep. and you'll sort it out. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, I used to believe that starting very specific was how you did it. But now yeah. I am more of the belief that like very broad and then going narrow is the is this is the recipe for success for the vast majority of people so for me it was one of those things like like and then 
counting macros wasn't going to work. Keto wasn't going to work. Like those really rigid things were not going to be. So what did you guys do? It's, I mean, it's really simple. It's like, just keep your intake levels. Is she giving total calories? No. What is she giving you? No, just like really, I mean, it's, it was that basic mm-hmm. and it's an accountability. It was an, it's really an accountability some play mark to me. Is for, for measurement. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, you know, protein is this much in your mm-hmm. hand, you know, like. So there was no measurement like, whatsoever. No measurement. There was no counting of anything, not total no macros, count, no, no nothing. Nothing. So it's just I like, was it not just don't eat these foods? And get off of sugar. Like, so if you want to really change your life, and I cannot, and this is coming from a guy that, like, had a bad problem with it. Like, just stop. Just stop with the sugar. Simple, not easy. Oh, and I... Because sugar's a drug, right? So I, 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 I would agree with you wholeheartedly, and yeah. I would, I would say like a, you like eliminate sugar, don't drink your calories, like those are the two biggest things you could do. But that's not that easy, right? No. So it's like I have to, I have to forewarn people. I'm like, you're gonna go through two to three weeks of severe withdrawal. Uh, uh, you're gonna be miserable. Yep. You're gonna have headaches. Yep. Like you're gonna hate people. Yeah. Probably hate me. <laughs> you know. Um. But once you get through that yeah you, once it's you got downhill then I mean, it's like i don't even want it anymore it's fine yeah and i um what's really funny is i decided that like i so i stopped sugar in early september and didn't like and didn't get back on it for a long time and i decided like okay christmas right like i'm going to have some cookies and some pie mm-hmm. whatever like and i and i like i was looking forward to it cuz i was going to go whole hog and like just binge and then you know and then just like put it away again right like um and i did but not to the point that i thought that like like i had a few cookies and it was okay and i don't enjoy it as much i felt like crap and i was like i don't want to do i don't want to do that again (laughs) it's it's so (laughs) weird it's so weird because you're like man what what so in my experience and a lot of people that i've worked with and jess has worked with is once you kind of get over that hump of like getting rid of it, going back to it never meets the expectation. No. So it's it's constant disappointment. Right. If you're going to go back to your yep. just oh god, this wasn't what I wanted no. it to be. It sugar didn't taste the same anymore. It, it I'm like this sucks. I regret doing that oh, because yeah. it it wasn't. Even, it's almost like it wasn't even worth it. Like no. I I wanted it to be worth it and it wasn't. Yeah. It was such a, I was so let down. Like, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty let down. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. That's great. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Like, that was, that was kind of. But that's such a great place to be. Like, it's just a, it's a, it becomes less and less enticing. And, but I mean, like the lesson there was for me really was that I had to make the decision that I was going to be that guy that Mm -hmm. just didn't, like, just didn't do it. I I was going to make the change and I was not going to go back to that. Yeah. Um, because I wanted to be on that low trajectory toward that distant horizon. And it's so funny, too, because you look at, like, I see those memes on Facebook all the time. Like, they're like, oh, it takes two weeks for you to notice a difference and eight weeks for someone else to know whatever, like, mm-hmm. that thing. In that, uh, in, a, in you know, I've been in doing this since September, this nutrition thing since mm-hmm. September. And literally, like, I see people that I haven't seen in, like, months and they're like, dude what are you doing? Like, like you look good. Like, you know, like people start to make those, like those, then it's reinforcing. Yeah. Then it's that, 
if if there's anything that like will keep you on that, it's it's those kind compliments. of compliments. <laughs> it's those kind of yeah. yeah it's those. You things. look great. Like, well, I would like some more do- of that, like, please. What are you doing? Like, yeah. And it's and it's a really simple like. How much are you down? Thirty. Um, so yeah, so I weighed myself this morning. I was like just over two thirteen, and I was just over two forty. So so right at thirty pounds. Yeah, uh, just about yeah. Over so we'll go August or you said September September September, September October November December yeah, I mean four months yeah. I mean you know we'll call it eight pounds a month mm-hmm. like nothing crazy no that's great uh, did the bulk of that come in at any specific point has it been pretty steady all the way through it's been steady um, and it's been steady because I've like I've been on a roller coaster of like you know traveling mm-hmm. and and I, I again I'm such a like a it took me a long time to i'm such a, a creature of habit right mm-hmm. like i don't eat breakfast i eat at lunch and i eat at dinner and yeah. that's it um but when i travel i'm like i go to the airport at five in the morning and i'm like i'll take a breakfast sandwich yeah i want a bagel and like i'm so at a hotel i'm like i want breakfast so <laughs> like, what so what's your what's your do you have like a travel hack or so or like a principles that you abide by uh, to yeah avoid? just don't change your habit like, I mean, it really was that simple. I'm like, what? Like, why am I doing this? Like, what? Like, go get, go to Starbucks and get your coffee. But, but like, that's it. Like, yeah. I always, t- I like to tell people when you're presented with that option, and, and it, it sounds a little over dramatic at first, but it's actually not when you factor in like number of times you eat, just time between meals, all this stuff. But if if you don't have the ability to eat what you want, then don't eat. Right, you'll live. Yeah, because I, you're ba- you're one meal away from being get back on track. Like right. I, when I get to the next place, I'll be fine. Like right. I'll be get to sort it out. So I'm like, just don't eat. Yeah. Like you'll you will live. Yeah, like, it's not gonna be the end of the world. And the other part of that too is like it's okay. Like to me, it was like I have to be okay with going out and having a burger and some French fries every once in a while. You should enjoy it. Yeah, like that was the thing. Like I needed to not feel. Like I was doing something wrong. Like it was a bad thing. Yeah, you have to get to a healthy headspace with food. Otherwise, it, it you will be right back. Yeah. In the dumpster. Right. So. Yeah. That's very cool, dude. Any big goals for 2020? Um, I want to get down. Like I want to find that. I want to continue on my like mm-hmm. weight loss thing and find that kind of healthy place to just kind of maintain i i feel like i'm that's probably around 200 pounds how tall are you for me six foot yeah so yeah it's probably right around there and and that's probably a body fat play more than it is a like a weight play yeah um so i want to like i want to find that and then just i want to um you know i say this but it's really hard like i think like dialing in not the things i want to the things I'm not good at like it's so easy to focus on like to get excited about a running rowing oh workout, yeah. yeah you yeah. know like but I want to get excited about heavy weightlifting or gymnastics okay. and things that I'm not don't, good don't at. skip heavy days right don't, yeah. s- don't skip those days that's how you get better <laughs> at those things folks yeah um you know and it's and it's funny though back to the new it's so hard to like back to the nutrition thing but like we talk all the time about especially in the crossfit space about how nutrition is the base 
and that gets ignored <laughs> all over the place. But it is. I mean, you and I have had this conversation a couple times in the last mm-hmm. few weeks. Like, you know, a week or two ago, I was able to string together more toes to bar than I've ever been able to string together. And yeah. I did 27 rope climbs the other day, and that was like a thing. And like, that's never been a thing for me. But it's because with the nutrition thing comes fitness, yep. better fitness and, and all of that. And like, that was that was huge. That's really cool. Any outside fitness goals for 2020? Um, you know, I... I kind of low key want to run a half marathon. It's been a few. Do you feel like you can't do that? No, I totally can. Okay. I would like to like because I know you can. Like go crush one. What's crush one for you? Um, you know my PR is one thirty eight. So. Oh, I, I think you got me. I think yeah. If I could do like a one, if I could go sub one forty five, that would be. I think the fastest one I ever ran, which was a tough mutter, actually, was one forty one. Wow, that's. At a, at a tough mutter? We were we were moving. Yeah. Oh, holy crap. Yeah. You know, one of the coolest events I ever timed was the world's toughest mutter out. That's the 24-hour one? The 24-hour yeah. one outside of Las Vegas. That's cool. Those guys were – that was insane. That's basically the only way I'll run a tough mutter or, like, a half marathon again is yeah. if it has, like, you know, 12 miles of obstacles on it. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoy that stuff. It's hard to get excited about just running 13. Little pro tip for everybody. <laughs> if Little pro tip. If you're going to run a one of those in the cold, this is going to sound crazy, and you're okay with just, you know, hanging it all out there, your best bet is to wear a Speedo. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. there is nothing worse than wearing a lot of wet clothes no. uh, for 12 miles. Yeah. We did it as a joke, and it ended up being, like, a brilliant idea. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. As soon as I got out of the water, or as soon as I got out of the mud, I was dry. And I was like, oh, this actually isn't that bad. You know, you'll see those, like, uh, those Spartan, like, those pro Spartan racers will do just compression shorts. That's like, it. That's it. Yeah. Like, so that's a thing. You're, yeah. You're revolutionary, and you didn't even know it. Or just an idiot. Well, or you know. Um, Cool. Well, listen, dude, we just jammed up an hour and 18 minutes. So, um, thanks for your time, bro. Yeah, of course. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah. Have you back on. We'll just keep rapping and talk about other stuff uh as always guys if you want to be on the podcast if you think we should have somebody specific on the podcast let us know but uh or if there's something you want us to discuss on the podcast let us know we can do whatever we want here so it's the beauty um this will be the last one of the year Uh so you're gonna wrap up the decade adam oh my gosh so congratulations glad you didn't tell me that before we started yeah right it's a lot of pressure yeah uh don't blow it um (laughs) but cool yep um so thanks for listening guys we really appreciate it and we will see you next decade